Hello and welcome to the Switch Island Guide 2. I'm Andrew and I'm the new keeper of the guides here at the Island Library. Unfortunately, Ben and Dan just weren't doing a good enough job maintaining the place. Sorry, Dan, but I've had to remove all those pictures of flamingos that you put up. They're really not in keeping with the decor. So I've stepped in and I'll be the custodian of this here institution for the foreseeable future. Uh, the guides here are a way for us to discuss things that are island adjacent, like consoles, which inspired the Switch. Uh, we'll also be taking deep dives into franchises that have now found a home on the island and we may even go for a little field trip around some of the darkest caves and crevices of the Switch Island itself. Let's hope we don't get too lost. For now though, the aisles are off bounds to anyone but me, uh, and I've got the books all chained up just like the Citadel, uh, the Game of Thrones reference there for you, um, and I've got the only torch on the island. So each episode I'll give you a little bit of a tour together with my guests and hopefully add to all that useless trivia that clogs up your head meat. So which book have I selected from the rickety shelves this time? Well, you should already know it's in the title. The dust is only just settled on this console with its discontinuation having been made official on the 1st of March this year, 2019. So we're of course talking about all things PlayStation Vita. With the unique rear touchpad and dual sticks for total control, only PS Vita lets you play games in so many amazing ways. Bringing your games to life wherever you are. This summer, take the world of PlayStation with you. Only on PlayStation Vita. The world is in play. And joining me to open up this particular guide are two Islanders, one so fresh that I've only just laminated his library card. First up, it's the man I not two minutes ago slagged off for letting the library get into this sorry state. It's the man who loves a flamingo and gets cranky first thing in the morning. Don't ask me how I know that. It's the chief of the island, Danny Ward. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to just pass me your library card over there? Let's uh, get that scanned in for you. Here you go, mate. Here you go. Thanks very much. Looking a bit, a bit beaten up there. Might have to get you a new one. Me or the card? or? <laughs> we'll say the card. <laughs> how's it going, Dan? How's, how, how's tricks? I'm very well, mate. I'm very well. It's a nice little Saturday afternoon, afternoon, evening. What am I on about? Uh, it is now quarter to nine. Uh, we are recording and um, mm. I've uh, entered the library. Is that the correct phrasing? Am I, I am I entering the library? You're entering the library. Yeah, we're stood at the uh, at the front desk, I, you know, with all of the uh, books around us, I guess. Yeah. yeah, it's a very nice suit that you've got on with a nice little security tag and badge and little hat as well. It's um, hat. Shorts, hat. Are, shorts are a bit much. Thing is, I am actually wearing shorts here, so you can't <laughs> see, but that's what I'm wearing. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to the, the other guest that we have here that's uh, stood with us. Um, next, we've got a man. I'm kidding. That's not all I wrote. <laughs> so, he's only been on the island as long as I have, but he's already made a big impression just after one OG podcast appearance and a look at his dick. Uh, that's Desert Island Cartridge <laughs> to the uninitiated. Uh, with his social media now and refreshing passion for all things gaming, it's of course the newly native Laurie. How's it going there? Well, after that introduction, I'm doing doing bloody brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> good, good. Never quite been I'm introduced gonna... like that before. Thank you. Well, there you go. Now you have. <laughs> I'm going to hand you over your new library card as well. Keep it safe. Ooh. Don't let it get as beat up as Dan's has gotten over the years. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'll sure uh, look after it. Good. Um, so we're both uh, both good then, all ready to go on this journey that we're taking everybody on today. I'm excited by this one. This yes. is um, this is different, and now that we've got a new custodian that's willing to get the mock book out, you know, make sure it goes down the 
every crevice in the building um, yeah. looks after the books looks after the people even though there's only 10 people on the island at the moment and you know, yeah yeah it's, it'll be fine i think i think laurie you're uh you're excited oh, as well. I'm really the, uh, excited. I've got a lot of things to say. I'm very excited. Ooh. I am. I'm the patron saint of failed consoles, and the Vita is definitely up there. As you know, I, mm. I'd love just backing backing a console that doesn't do very well. So yeah, I've got all sorts mm. of things to say on the Vita. I really love my Vita. So I love mine as well. But if you're going about the patron saint of uh, failed consoles, then surely that'd be Mr. Dickinson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Dreamcast was uh, probably one of the most famous of them. Um, yeah, I bought one of those too. Don't worry. <laughs> there you go. Well, there you go. You see. I bought, <laughs> I mate, I bought, a, I bought a Neo Geo Pocket. I don't know what I was thinking when wow. I thought that would be worth spending money on. Laurie wins. Take. Laurie yeah, definitely he's, wins. He's, he's definitely won that. No competition. <laughs> no. Um, so um, what I'll do, um, first of all, is I'm going to dust off the tome that we've got in front of us, the, the first guide that we're going to have a look at. Uh, and I'm going to read the blurb on the back just so we get a good idea of what the Vita is all about before we get chatting about it. Um, so... The PlayStation Vita was the second handheld effort by Sony, following the huge success of their first two home consoles and the PlayStation Portable, all eyes were on the Vita when it launched in 2012. The handheld improved on its predecessor with dual on- Ugh, oh my god, <laughs> shouldn't have had a gin. <clears throat> the handheld improved on its predecessor with dual analog sticks, a touchscreen and rear touchpad, graphical capabilities that put it in the range of the PlayStation 3 and even an OLED screen in its original inca- incarnation. Originally pitched as a home console on the go, AAA game support soon dried up when sales didn't reach the heights of the PSP. However, out of the ashes of potential failure rose the indie community, initially fostered by Sony themselves. The Vita quickly became an indie darling, with many releases spanning almost seven years. It really was the little handheld that could. So, let's start. What drew you both to the Vita? Oh, good question. I think um, I got drawn into it because I had a, a big love of handhelds and I'd actually bought, trying to think, it wasn't a new 3DS, it was just a standard 3DS um, a couple of weeks before I picked up a Vita uh, and I actually traded it in for the Vita and, and the logic behind that, i kind of spoken at the podcast at length that The Witcher 3 on the PlayStation 4 was what got me back into gaming and it kind of hit me huge and the nostalgia machine just kicked in and I was like, right, I'm going to get 3DS, I'm going to play it loads and the games on there just hadn't matured in a way that I had. So it kind of got to the point of going, right, okay, I need something a little bit more um, my wavelength. And I knew with the Vita, the very bare minimum, I could get the old Final Fantasy ports on there. So that was the that was my whole reason for picking one up. Awesome. Okay. So Final Fantasy played a big a big part of that then, I guess. Huge. Yeah. Absolutely huge, especially 10, because you get the uh, remastered version on there, which yes. is banging. Yeah, and both of them were on the cartridge, unlike the Switch version. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so. then, yeah, what a lovely little car it was as well. Very yeah. pretty. Uh, Laurie, what about you? What uh, what drew you to the Vita in the first place? I mean, it was their core marketing message, wasn't it? It was before Switch came along, it was the Vita with the console gaming on the go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I had the PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, and then the Vita came out and in the same way that why I love my Switch is because I play most of my games portably and a bit like Dan actually I had the 3DS but there wasn't the sorts of games on there that I was playing at home on my on my PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 4 I forget which uh, mm. and so when the Vita came out and I was like hold on I could be playing Assassin's Creed I could be playing Uncharted all on a handheld because that's where I do most of my gaming on a handheld so the idea mm. I could take those games with me um, 
was was what sold it to me definitely awesome yeah it's uh yeah it really was it had the it was the triple a experience wasn't it that was what was being sold to us it was you know sequels to playstation 4 games playstation 3 games and uh, and like brand new like gravity rush that we had these brand new experiences that sony were kind of selling to us um yeah i think that's definitely what drew me as well it was the um it was those huge games that you could play on the go um so also, also let's not forget just how damn cool the thing looked when it came out it's oh the yeah. design of it i think it's still even holding it today looks like a machine that could have come out this year it's it's still the, the build quality of it it's so sleek and you know the graphics on it are even today still fantastic mm. even then the i mean to kind of draw it back i don't know if either of you had a psp yes no, so yeah the, i mean the psp when i originally got it i actually imported it from america because i was desperate to get one and it oh, really yeah. i really bought into it and i got tony hawk's pro skater 2 on it um and it was so so good i remember being like the the king of the playground with this little psp well i say the king of the playground i think it was in sixth form at this point so, <laughs> so it wasn't quite that. <laughs> i was the king of the playground <laughs> wonder why i didn't have a girlfriend until i was like 21 um and yeah it was this psp was just amazing playing tony hawks on it it was such a fleshed out game there's so many good things for it so that was like a precursor to the vita for me mm. yeah and it was i mean the, the psp as well it was sony's first try at handheld and the, the fact that they went in with the the universal media disc as well that's one thing that they come completely scrapped for the psp but that was a bit of a kind of going off on a tangent but that was quite brave of them to come out with this basically it was a dvd in tiny form which yeah. i thought was pretty pretty cool actually um yeah i well, don't forget yeah. these are the guys that came up with the mini discs format so they probably had loads of True. old mini discs like lying around they thought let's just try and <laughs> turn these into something that we can actually use well That's sony true. can bully markets as well and i think mm. they they've done it before because what was it xbox or microsoft brought out hd dvd was that yes. what they had that attachment yeah, right. to the side mm. of the xbox but play, uh, Sony and PlayStation just drove Blu-ray through everyone because they've got such a huge install base. So I think mm. they probably tried to do the same with UMDs. Is that right, UMD? Yeah. Um, and definitely, definitely tried to do it with Minidisc, both of which I enjoyed and both of which mm. I had. Yeah, same here. Yeah. In, in fact, I kind of enjoyed UMD so much that even though I got rid of my PSP, I ended up buying it back this year. Um, mm. And then buying a load of UMD movies because yeah, actually yeah. DVD, their DVD quality, which surprised yeah. me, um, that actually you could get a DVD quality film on something that small. But there you go. Um, slight tangent there. We weren't talking no. about the PSP, but um, good tangent. Uh, out of um, out of curiosity, actually, which version of the PSP? Sorry, PSP. So you were going off on the proper tangent. <laughs> which version of the PlayStation Vita do you both have? Do you have the original or do you have the updated version? The OG. How do I know? Yeah, the OLED screen and everything, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Mine was, it was definitely the later version, I think, because it's got the OLED screen on the front. Yeah, it's, it, it will be. Cause it's I not... think the newer version's got kind of a rounded front to it, whereas the mm. the original one's yeah. got more of kind of a sharp-edged top to it. Yeah. Guess. I'm showing you guys that. Yeah, you've got the... the s- smuggled the new, the, one of the new ones into the library. It still yeah. feels so premium. Genuinely feels um, as good as most modern mobile phones as if mm. you know like one of the modern samsung's or you know it feels arguably better in quality than the switch as well yeah um, no yeah. I, would, I would absolutely agree with that yeah just the holding it, it in my hands lovely. now is really making i had not held my vita for i don't know how long six months to a year probably and it's really making me now think maybe i do want to get a switch like because this just feels <laughs> so nice to hold in the hand compared to the switch mm-hmm. 
I don't like the placement of the thumbsticks. That's the one thing I didn't like on the Vita because it felt a bit clumsy when I was like holding it. Um, mm. Obviously, how else am I going to play the bloody thing? Um, felt a bit clumsy. I remember not especially liking the trigger buttons as well because they were spongy and the, the tap thing on the back for certain games. That was mm. just ergonomically fucked. That was just such a strange thing to have to oh, do midway yeah. through a game. Um, but the, what, 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 there were some games, weren't there, where like, your finger would come through the screen yeah. Tear away. That was Tear away. That was Tear it. Tear away. That was it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was going to talk about that when we get to the games part, but tear away. Just let's just talk about the finger coming back through the back of the screen. The the, <laughs> the touch screen was a complete and utter waste of time. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, who thought that would be a good idea? But uh, media molecule thinking of putting your finger through, and when you first start that mm. game, it asks you. It kind of you have to pick a skin tone so that when you p- put your finger through the back of the screen, it looks like your finger. Um, it's just it's one of those moments that you really does the magic of that moment where it does make you do a double take it's just like that's, is that my finger sure. <laughs> yeah it's Absolutely. a really clever way clever way of using it even if it wasn't the best idea yeah I think the um, the main feature for me that blew me away and had that kind of tear away moment was the remote play because mm. I just had like I think it was the PlayStation 4 hooked up in a different room and I was living in my parents at the time and just hit the blooming uh, remote play and I was playing on the Vita a PlayStation 4 game in the bath. I was like, this <laughs> is the best thing ever. And it really was the promise of the AAA quality games because already at that point, the Vita had kind of died a death. Mm. And I think as we're going to allude to soon, like the indie community had kind of taken it under its wing and then lifted it up. However, um, remote play, when you were able to then go and play, I don't know, for the likes of... Um, failing to think of a game here on the playstation 4 but even one of the early fifas if i was playing that downstairs i'd take it up and i'd start playing it upstairs it was amazing um and that was the delivery of triple a quality games on a handheld just sadly you couldn't take it away with you and i remember playing the last of us remastered that same way and yeah. just like and that was a game i already played it on ps3 but i had it again on playstation 4 and it's like this is this is so like there were there was hiccups it didn't didn't run perfectly well and that's kind of when you're talking about how it influenced the Switch. You know, Nintendo looked at that and thought, "That's a good idea. Let's nail mm. that." But just the the novelty, the amazement of of being able to do it. I remember I was, I was doing remote play, and then I did on the PlayStation Four where you could pass the controller to a friend of yours. I yeah. did that while yeah. on the Vita as well, and I was like, "This is mad! Like, <laughs> how am I yeah, doing it's all surreal. this?" <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. And I remember with the um, oh, I'm trying to remember what the hell I was about to say. Then it was really important to me. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, on the remote play, if you played a certain game, it was almost unplayable because the screen was that small. And it literally, mm. ju- all it did was shrink down the screen yeah. onto the Vita. So if you were playing FIFA and you're playing Ultimate Team, like hell, you could even read any of the uh, the player names on there because it was just literally, uh, it, it was that tiny. It was impossible mm. to do it. But still, the novelty was there. And if you had decent internet connection, decent Wi-Fi connection in your home, um, it was seamless as well, which was just fantastic yeah the problem yeah, where it really absolutely. suffered from it really highlighted the lack the uh the lack of an r2 and l2 buttons yeah. and you could touch the back of the screen but that just, it just never registered quite properly for me anyway uh, and the clickable mm. thumbs as well so it made some games like just too much too much hassle to to play really but it's definitely when nintendo like you said laurie uh, took it by the um the scruff of the neck and went like if we can nail this format down and we can bring AAA quality with a little bit more of a premium feel to it, um, which essentially is what the Switch is. Um, you know, I think that was it was a masterstroke from their part to do that, because um, really at that point, 
they were quite brave to re-enter um, the market or the handheld market with anything other than a 3DS or a 4DS or whatever it was going to be in that kind of that um, iterative release. But mm. to bring out the Switch and kind of put two fingers up at Sony, um, it's not a bad thing. And don't forget, it no. works both ways for the Vita because they did the Vita TV as well. So that gave you handheld yeah, games yeah. on a TV and then remote play, you got the console games on a handheld. But it was it was fiddly, you know, it didn't work. It wasn't quite so so seamless and what Nintendo did and what they really cracked it was they took those ideas and they just made it the magic of pulling the console out of the dock that's it that's all you need to do you're playing a game mm. yank it out you can continue there's no kind of uploading a save and then downloading it again on the next device it's all just there seamlessly but you know it was the idea was there in in the Vita and the PlayStation ecosystem you know they had they had the idea of yeah, yeah and I think I think they let like um, well Nintendo have let in the past, Sony make a mistake, and then they kind of capitalized on it with the Switch being a great example of it. Um, Microsoft making a lot of mistakes with Connect, and you can see people like capitalizing on that and the technology that was in it now to go right. Okay, well, the PlayStation camera is far better, so they've built on that kind of Connect Connect technology or um, premise, and then gone right. Okay, well, we can run with that and make something good out of it. And I think the same will happen with VR. So PlayStation VR, it's it's great. You know the the headset we've got, it's clumsy. It's not the best to put on. It's not comfortable at the best of times. You know the technology behind it. With Sony being a market leader, they are rushing these things out to market. And the likes of Nintendo, and even to some extent, I think Microsoft in a couple of years' time will go along and go right. We're going to pick apart the parts that really worked for us and put something together which actually is great. Um, Dan, it seems like is this you setting up? This is where Labo VR came from, because <laughs> you know it's, there are examples where Nintendo copy and they don't quite get it and get it just right. Because nah, I'm not saying Labo VR is quite as good as PSVR. I'd be very curious to see what the sales numbers were for the two compared, because I reckon yeah. Labo VR probably sold very very well. And has yeah, they probably. Base. I mean, they're probably similar. I thought. I mean, I think PlayStation VR's hit. It's over two million. I know that. Um, but obviously the cost is kind of <laughs> astronomically more than a, the Labo VR. It is, yeah, definitely is. And then I think obviously the quality of game that's still coming out for the PSVR, um, yeah. like Blood and Truth, I picked that up before, I've not played it yet, but it's had stellar reviews, which I'm looking forward to playing. I think the comment I was trying to make is that if you're Nintendo, the best strategy they've got at the moment is to kind of wait for other people to show their hand mm. and then build on that technology and change it slightly. Um, I that blooming fitness thing that they've just brought out. I've not even <laughs> bothered to look into it yet. I'm going to have to because we're doing an OG tomorrow. But um, the fact that they've actually gone again, and you know what, we're going to invest a shit ton of money in something that probably won't sell as well as blah blah blah. But we know we can make a profit off it. Um, it's just again, there's no other way to ex- describe it other than it's very Nintendo. Yeah, it's true. And uh, one of the things that Nintendo has done as well with the Switch is they've seen how well the PlayStation Vita, despite the fact it's, uh, you know, it kind of failed as it were, but it did so well with uh, indie games and Nintendo's picked up on that and gone, oh, actually, yeah, we could do that. We could mm. uh, get indie games on here. Uh, they did it kind of with the Wii U, but not not particularly well. And then on the Switch, they've it's the Switch has kind of blossomed into being, you know, where Vita owners tend to go next because that's where all the good indie games have gone to now from the, from after the Vita. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I, there's probably a lot of people that went from Vita to Switch. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably a lot. The one thing I hated about the Vita that's now springing to mind is the, um, as well as the back touchpad thing, it's the UI in general. It was just mm. boring. 
absolutely despised it. Even the music was just like, oh, felt quite haunting when you were playing it. Like, put me <laughs> off playing games. <laughs> yeah, it was all these little bubbles, wasn't it? And it was it was just a bit... It was. I remember it being all touchscreen when it first came out and you couldn't, yeah. use, you couldn't use the built-in controls to actually do anything. Mm. Um, you had to use the touchscreen, which seemed like quite a, a silly thing to do. They, they updated it later, but yeah, it was not they're, the greatest um, of UIs. They're little go stones, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't mind it. I, I, the unlocking the touchscreen, I think, is a nice touch. It's a nice little tactile yeah. thing because it shows you. I think it's a way of just differentiating itself. That the 3DS touchscreen was pretty. You know, it's I don't know the technical terms for it, but it was quite low tech. You know, it's, you had to use a stylus. You couldn't do multi-touch on it. And I think when you first even unlocking a Vita, it just shows you how good the touchscreen is because it's very kind of tactile and it's like using an iPhone. How responsive it is on your finger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you were an early adopter, earlier adopter of the Vita, the technology would have been great. However, I think at the point when I picked one up, the iPhones were already far more ahead, so it just felt a little yeah. bit um, dated. Yeah. I can see that yeah. definitely. With yeah. the, I was going to say as well, very quickly, um, when they were coming out originally, I remember the problem with memory cards being so expensive. <laughs> yes. Um, oh. One came free with it, and I think it was like 64 gig or whatever it might have been. And I maybe fit like two or three games on there. And then when you're getting PS Plus games every month and you want to download those, you could barely like fit two Final Fantasy games on and like Hotline Miami. I was like devastated. Because if you got a 64 gigabyte card free with your Vita, that must have been some kind of great deal because those ones were like 70 quid yeah. for a 64 gig card. Um, yeah, it wasn't cheap. Yeah. Um, it was a good deal, but it came f- with Final Fantasy 10 and it came with the card and the Vita. Um, but traded nice. in the 3DS, so we got a good deal on it. Mm. Yeah, these were definitely expensive. Um, the one thing as well that I don't think gets talked a lot about, and I don't think it's actually technically that important, but kind of going back to what we were saying about it being, it did feel kind of almost like a mobile phone, and Sony did say that they kind of used uh, mobile phones as an inspiration for the Vita, um, mm. and you had things like the, the PlayStation, the PS Mini titles that were almost like little... Um, app type games that you could get for it but they also had that 3g support um yeah, in the console yeah. um for the, i think for the only for the original one i don't think it transitioned into the next iteration um but yeah you could put a sim card in there and you could play it on the go without having to have wi-fi um and i remember even it being bundled with i think mine came bundled with because i got the 3g version came bundled with a sim card that you could put in it you'd have to obviously top it up i think it was vodafone yeah. and it was very much marketed like um if you remember when the when the Dreamcast originally came out, uh, once the online started to get going, you know, you used to get uh, BT would advertise about, you know, you being able to use their services to get your internet through the Dreamcast. And it yeah. really gave me that feeling of having a Dreamcast again, of having this stuff bundled in, of how, um, you know, being able to play, you know, wirelessly wherever you were. Um, yeah, that was really something that kind of gave me proper throwback to the Dreamcast. And uh, I'm not sure anybody actually used the 3G, though, to be fair. I know I never did. I never used the 3G, but I did use Remote Play when I was working in Birmingham. And I, I kept my PlayStation 4 logged in. I can't remember which game it was that was playing, but I was like that invested in it. It was like, right, I'm going to keep the PlayStation 4. I'll take the Vita away. I'll hook up to the Wi-Fi. I know the owner, so I'll get a decent Wi-Fi code and hook up to the actual good one rather than the, the crappy one they give the guests. And then I remember playing whatever game it was at the time um, to absolute death. It was great. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it was such a strange console. So many great games on it as well. You have just reminded me, Andrew. I'm just I'm holding my Vita now and I just thought, do I have that one? And yeah, I do. I've just I've just pulled out the SIM card that I'd completely oh, wow. forgotten was in there. <laughs> I didn't even realise that I had, I had, I had, obviously this was 
the version I think I picked up cheap. I think I bought it when the new version was coming out and they were just trying to sell off stock of the old 3G ones because mm-hmm. that was kind of cheaper on sale, the one that I picked up. And yeah, I've never activated the, the SIM or done anything no. with that. And I just can't believe it was even in there, to be honest. It's a, that looks like a proper full-on SIM as well. It's not what the yeah, Nano SIMs yeah, you get today. <laughs> Shows how old it is. <laughs> but yeah, so there's a lot to talk about in terms of the technical features. And we've gone over, I mean, the touchpad at the back, which maybe hasn't gone down quite so well. Um, and we've even touched on the PSTV, which I thought was a good point as well. And it's um, it was one of the reasons that you, you couldn't play a lot of games on the PSTV. Vita games was because of the touchpad as well, because you couldn't kind of re- um, replicate mm. that um on a regular controller um so i remember that being a bit of a big issue with the pstv the fact that i think there was a good percentage of the games that you could not play on the pst the pstv at all um which i think put a lot of people off to be fair because there they yeah. were advertising that you could play you know your playstation vita games on a, a big tv but you, you couldn't play a lot of them like the metal gear solid hd collection being one of them you couldn't yeah. play which seems daft because, you know, that's a game ported from a PS3, PS2, PS1 game um, and, and you couldn't play it on, you know, with a regular controller. So it just seemed, seemed to be that. Did, did either of you pick up a PS TV at all? No. No, no don't be silly, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> when, how much were they? Like 100 quid or? They were cheap. I think so originally. Yeah, they were cheap. Yeah. yeah. I think it was, it was around the time that Apple TV started to become a thing as well and, and for the Fire Sticks and stuff. So they were kind oh, okay. of kind of positing it almost as like um, a streaming device that also had the ability to play Vita games, PS1 originals, and then obviously you've got your um, PS4 remote play as well that you could do through it too. So. It's, it's a very small, that Venn diagram of who needs a PSTV, because mm-hmm. I mean, like like when you were just playing the indie games on Vita eventually, I think by the time it came out, it was really an indie machine, and all those indie games were available on PS4, and most of them were cross-buy as well, so like you mm-hmm. kind of you had yeah. all those games anyway, so why you'd want to rig up the PSTV? Um, you know, no one needs to play Uncharted Golden Abyss on the big TV when you could be playing Uncharted 1 to 3 anyway. It's true. Though you couldn't play that on the PS TV because of the touchscreen. Oh, okay. Oh. You know what I mean. <laughs> Assassin's Creed then. Come on. <laughs> I think it's a great point to make, though, because really, like, Sony wasn't too far off nailing that concept of you can mm. play it on the go and you can play it at home with cross-buy. However, obviously, your saves didn't transition over, which would have been exactly pretty much what a Switch is. Um, I, I don't know. I, I was always curious, and I don't know what you guys think, but do you reckon Sony would ever dip their toe into the market again? Ooh, no. I think they've been burnt. They've been burnt now. They would never do that again, I don't think. Not in a world where streaming is just around the corner. Uh, mm. That You'll be playing PS5 games on your phone with a with a DualShock in your hands synced up to yeah. it somehow. Yeah, yeah. playing uh, PS5 games on your phone whilst holding an Xbox controller with mm-hmm. um yeah a nintendo dock somewhere in your house i think that's <laughs> the way it'll be eventually yeah yeah it's, it is a pretty amazing that you can use a dual shock on apple devices now I, I didn't think i'd see the day when that kind of thing would actually happen mm. there you go um all right we, i think we've, we've talked quite a lot about the console itself um but we've uh, kind of alluded to some of the games there um what was your favorite vita game dan i'll start with you uh ooh. Uh, great question. So I'm torn between two. One was the Metal Gear Solid HD collection, mm-hmm. and the other one was Persona 4 Golden. Um, so Persona 4 Golden is your atypical JRPG. Again, very similar to any other Atlas game where they're not really into diverging too far away from the classic JRPG tropes. However, what they do do is double down 
on pretty much everything that makes a JRPG a JRPG. Um, mm. Set around high schools, you know, following the kind of common persona thread um, elements of Pokemon to it. It's possibly one of the greatest games ever made. It's awesome and absolutely the best game on Vita. However, the one that kind of stole my heart was the Metal Gear collection. Um, I just remember playing that to absolute death. Um, a guy, I don't know what you guys think of Metal Gear. You're both fond of it. Yeah, uh, I have my ups and downs with the series. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Metal Gear Solid One is like one of my favorite games of all time. Okay, so yeah, I hold the series agree. in high regard, but I couldn't get on with five at all. Um, five, I loved. Um, I could, yeah, completely. You can tell the point where Kojima fell out with um, Konami. <laughs> I think you, you can absolutely because it just tails off and the story <laughs> just disappears completely. It's just like um, my old reports from school. My teacher saying, "Yeah, he does what he has to just to get the, he- the homework in, and then you can see the point where he loses interest <laughs> and yeah. the entity checks looks out. at him from across the bedroom." <laughs> That's quite literally what happened as well. Um, but with, I mean, one and two, absolute phenomenal games. One's incredible. Yeah, and um, it was the HD collection was the first time. That's the first place I played three as well. Yeah, three is oh, wow. awesome. Um, but again, four, not a great game. Five, a bit strange. Four's very much your, um, I know it's not, not on it, but you, you've got your kind of, it's just an entire, it's a movie on a cart, mm-hmm. which I, I don't know if you've ever, ever played four. Four. Little bits of it. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't the best. But one, <laughs> two, and three, absolutely phenomenal games. And again, playing them on the go, I kind of got my buzz from it. The Final Fantasy games were just the. Um, my comfort food you know i'd kind of fire one one of them up just before bed every night and the music kind of like put me off and i play through um play through one maybe every every month just to try and finish them off but i think it was also the death of me as well because i got a bit of um nostalgia overload and i was like right okay i'm I'm kind of replaying games that i have i'd rather go back in something a little bit new which eventually made me put the vita into a uh into a cupboard somewhere and, and pick up the playstation 4 pad Okay, there you go. Um, and it did, yeah, the, the Vita did have quite a lot of um, uh, ports, I guess. There was, like you said, you've said the Final Fantasy X, you said Metal Gear Solid, and I think it got quite a lot of other ports of other games. So, yeah, it was a bit of a, a nostalgia machine to some degree. But still, now um, it's, it's one of the best places to play PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 yeah. games now, isn't it? You, sure. can't, you can't get a lot of those games on PlayStation 4, bizarrely. So. Mm. Oh no! Yeah. I mean, for for the cost of them as well, you can jump onto a Vita, pick a Vita up now for maybe like fifty quid secondhand, pristine mm-hmm. condition, um, and in the uh, PlayStation Store, you can get all the Final Fantasy games for maybe three or four quid each. And, um, and you know, I, keep, I keep thinking when I keep seeing them on Switch coming out each every few weeks, yeah. and they're like thirty <laughs> quid, and I'm like, yeah. I could just play this on Vita <laughs> for like a tenth of the price. Yeah, you could get a PS TV for. <laughs> probably very little as well and play them on that on the big screen so i'll just buy dreamcast whatever you want to do you know, you know what i mean preference is preference boy um laurie what about you what was what, what was your favorite um what was your favorite uh vita game well i mean i read i did like the the big budget console games on the go so uncharted i think uncharted golden abyss is a really good game assassin's That's creed game. it's okay they're kind of <laughs> back when it was still acceptable and you kind of expected handheld versions to be inferior to the home console versions like mm-hmm. Nintendo have really tamed that around now and now I think they expect them to be as good if not better um, but back then you kind of you kind of forgave them for their kind of failing so Uncharted Golden Abyss is, is a really good game um, Tearaway though I think is probably one of my favourite it's probably my, my favourite kind of AAA game if you like 
um, mm. on the system. I, I really just, I, I like 3D platformers. I love 3D platformers. Um, Tearaway had been the first one I played in years that really had that kind of Nintendo magic and spark to it. It's so kind of inventive and tactile, and it really does use the system strengths here. The the paper craft and the unfolding you have to do, the sticking your, your finger through the back of the screen. Um, it's... The, the use of the camera as well. We've not, we didn't even talk about the camera when we were talking about the True. two the, the two features. cameras, a front mm. and rear camera. Who on two. earth? Like what on earth <laughs> were, they, were they thinking with that? But yeah, it just you, it was so like you could take pictures of things and then it would use the picture of whatever you you just took would become the textures in the game and it mm. used the gyro as well. You could you'd have to kind of balance and move things around. It's just so many little things and like the flowers would move in the wind like as, as you push the control sticks the flowers would mirror the movements of your sticks there were so many little nice touches that media molecule um packed in there it was such a, a charming game um i kind of a bit gutted that media molecule i've kind of sat this generation out really they spent the whole generation just trying to make dreams be a thing mm. and it's just it kind of it's been a bit of a flop isn't it and um, is dreams even out yet I think it's in just beta, I think. yeah, but it, I think when it does come out, everyone's going to be like, oh, I can't be bothered making a whole game myself. There's going to be a really small, <laughs> passionate community, but I just mm. feel like Sony have been bankrolling Media Molecule now for like seven years, and they're like, guys, can we can we have a game, please? Um, and it's like a small, passionate community isn't going <laughs> to isn't going to pay. Yeah, I do worry about Media Molecule. Um, where well, Media so Molecule, the ones who did Little Big Planet. Yeah, as well? yeah, yeah. And Little Big Planet on the Vita is, is a good, good version of that game as well. But really, for me, the the, the Vita is an indie, an indie machine that I've got so many indie games that I love on it. Spelunky, Fez, Hotline Miami, um, Super mm. Stardust, Guacamelee. Oh, just there's so many good games. Guacamelee's Shovel amazing. Knight. Um, but the one which really stole my heart, which I was not expecting to like, and just became my favourite game on the system, was Rogue Legacy. Uh, okay. With the little knight a, um, running around the castle, it was quite a late on, I think, in the in system's life. But. It was a roguelite, and I remember the it came out on PS Plus, and I absolutely sucked at it. I was terrible at that game. <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of those ones. It wasn't like Spelunky that I played it. I played Spelunky for hours and hours and hours, and I never <laughs> got better at it. And I got it never got. I never finished it. But Hotline uh, Rogue Legacy, you you at least got something out of it every time you you got some money and that allowed you to kind of buy some upgrades eventually so you did eventually start to get more uh more power-ups or more powerful going into it and you just learned the the movements of things better and yeah, it's just such a, a fun little game i love it awesome yeah and lots of lots of good indie games there but yeah rogue legacy, rogue legacy um i loved the um yeah the, the the different traits you could pass on they were some hilarious ones too um i think for for me i'm trying to think killzone mercenary did either of you play that yeah 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 that was that, was, that came with great. came with it when i bought it oh nice that was that was like a proper first person shooter experience like really mm. like they they really went to town on it and, and it looked amazing as well yeah. the graphics on that yeah. game were fantastic. yeah another game that if it came out now on switch you'd be blown away by the graphics on it yeah. i'm sure yeah, such, really a str- such a strange franchise that for Sony. It's such a, a weird kind of up and down kind of because mm-hmm. it was always very much at the start of every one of their consoles for like two or three mm-hmm. um, iterations, and then it just kind of it's died a death. But yeah. yeah, yeah, that was great on the that was absolutely brilliant on the Vita. It was great on the Vita. Like the, the Killzone Two was probably the pinnacle for me. That was the best mm-hmm. game of the series. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic, and um, three kind of. Was they, and they are just kind of tech showcases, aren't they? They've, they've always yeah. been like the launch games to show off the kind of nice particle effects or whatever they want to do. It's yeah, true. man, when you first saw Kill, uh, Killzone on the PlayStation 3, 
and like one of my friends had mm. the, like the original PlayStation Three when it was like seven hundred quid or whatever it was when it first <laughs> came out, and uh, he had it on the TV. I, I, I was just literally jaw dropping. It was amazing. Mm. It was such a jump from what we'd been playing previously. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. So good. What they did really well with that game as well was the multiplayer. Like Killzone Two multiplayer is mm. probably one of the games I've put the most time into multiplayer wise. Um, it was just a, a really well thought out and a really it just played so well. Um, but yeah, on on the Vita, it was you know they they did it a little little differently. They made it so that it was more on the go, it was small chunks that you could play here and there rather than a huge big campaign that would take you hours and hours. So they did really you know they, there was some thought behind it uh, as to you know what was going to make it different for the Vita, which I thought was really good. Um, and I'm trying to think. I'm sure I had a couple of other games there that I was going to talk about. I'm, struggling to think about them now because because uh, you guys have kind of <laughs> put in my mind all these other ones um i know that bastion was a big a uh, huge game for me i love bastion and, and, and great game yeah being able to play that on the go is you know it's a treat uh, yeah i mean you can do that on the switch now i think bastion's yeah. come out basically I'm a few hours into but... that on switch and then mario maker 2 came out and sort of yeah diverted my attention but i will get back to that definitely get back to it it's fantastic and the soundtrack to that game is absolutely phenomenal yeah um but yeah the i think I think I was going to say games that took advantage of the um, of the PlayStation's the, the Vita's actual technology. There was stuff like uh, Gravity Rush, which took mm. advantage of the gyros, and that was an original Vita game, which I think was really good. Got ported to the PS4 eventually and had a sequel on the PS4. But that was, uh, you know, as an original Vita title, it was something that just been created for that system. I think that was actually pretty good. I'm getting you know, a, a pretty good game. Yeah, an astral chain I'm playing at the moment really did does mm. remind me of Gravity Rush in a lot of ways. The mm. kind of setting and the theme of it really does does remind me of that. I think uh, I think astral chain clicked for me last night. Oh really? Hey, good yeah, news. I, I, yeah, because it really wasn't clicking. I mean, bearing in mind, like Ben was joking, I've only played games for like forty-five minutes at a time <laughs> at the moment. So, um, but yeah, I got past the part where the dad kind of part sacrifices himself. And spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Oh gosh. <sighs> oh yeah. That's, that's like the, the first half that's an hour like of the game. The prologue in this. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Thank you. Yeah. That's 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 my length of playing this bloody game. Um. So yeah, I got to the end of that part and I was like, you know what? I'm actually quite enjoying it now. I'm getting to the point of yeah, I I kind of get it. Mm. Um. I was going to say on the Vita as well, Luminous. Yes. That Great was game. phenomenal, phenomenal mm. game. Um. Hours spent on that game. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, and that was one that I think originated on the PSP originally, and so then they brought out the sequel for the Vita, and yeah, that was that was a, that was a great puzzle game. But anything by is it? What's his name? Is it Tetsuya Mizuguchi? Yes. What you had, I'll let you pronounce it, but yes, you are right. Uh, yeah. I was going to say that, and then also any of the Lego games as well, just yeah. because you played it on maybe a PlayStation 3 and then the fact that they could shrink it down onto the Vita, mm. that's the novelty again. It was the wow effect for me. It was great. Yeah. It was fantastic. But the uh, one, like, I can't remember the name of the game and I don't know if either of you have played it or know it. There was, um, there's an AR, there's a bunch of AR games that came out for the Vita. There's one feature that didn't really take off either. I think AR is only coming into fashion nowadays, but back, back then you had, um, it was a, a game where you you have to open boxes and so you'd have the vita and it would basically use the back camera to um you know show you the room and it would put 
on the table or wherever you were, you'd put a box and then you'd use the, you'd have to go around, you know, wherever you were looking around the table or around the sofa with the Vita to look at the different sides of the box and press things and try and open it. I can't remember for the life of me what it was called now, but it was... Was it called the 3DS? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I can't... <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. I can't remember. I'm sure somebody will at us on Twitter. Um, I hope what so. The game yeah, was. I've, I've no idea. I'm afraid. No. <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> but you somebody, have reminded me of that, that really cool game, the, the the software that was in the 3DS when you you got it. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun, definitely. Um, but we're not talking about the 3DS. <laughs> <Sorry>. So let's move on. Sorry, not. Um, so let's move on um, to. I think we've kind of been talking about it a little bit. Um, we've mentioned quite a lot of first-party games that came out, um, but they kind of did die a bit of a death after maybe a year or so. Um, didn't get that many from Sony after that. Um, and in fact, there was kind of a lack of support in general from big publishers. So uh, Ubisoft, who brought out Assassin's Creed Liberation, I don't think they brought out much else besides that and the Rayman games for the Vita. Um, mm. And all the support started dropping off, and that's kind of where we came um, to the indie developers kind of lifting it up and, and using it as a, a platform to uh, release things. Um, you mentioned, um, Laurie, that Rogue Legacy was one of the games that you really enjoyed, that was one of, the, one of those indie games. Um, were there any others that kind of really sold the Vita to you? I know, Dan, I'm, I think I probably can guess that Hotline Miami was a big Vita game for you. Yeah, it was huge. Um, it's where I first played it. And again, I think it was a PlayStation Plus game mm. originally and then i went and bought hotline miami 2 off the back of it but um I, I just i think it needs a virtual round of applause for how well sony curated yeah we go there we go very polite <laughs> uh how how well sony curated the playstation plus um mm-hmm. oh, I, I don't even know what you call it but the value that it, you got out of that service uh on the vita was just so much better than what you mm. did on the playstation 3 or 4 yeah. Um, the games that would come out with it were literally AAA quality every time. There was always a sale on. Um, it was just it was just incredible. But Hotline Miami was everything you wanted in a portable game. I remember playing it on a plane, and I remember having two or three people watching what I was doing because I had mixtures of early GTA. You had absolute Tarantino-esque vomit on the screen gore, and then on top of that, you had the best soundtrack ever in a game it was mm. so so slick um and i think it, it captured my heart immediately i'm desperate desperate to pick either uh, hotline miami up or pick up um what's it ape what was the ape out ape out yeah uh which is made by the same dev i think if i'm right um still devolver but yeah i mean the likes of devolver just gripped the vita around the neck and said right we're gonna make you profitable and i think a lot of lot of love for it came out of that I just, I just realised that there's a very scouses in there. I've gone, oh, Laura, Laura, love. <laughs> I've got a Laura, <laughs> Laura, love for a bit of Silla. <laughs> um, Laurie, were there any other, apart from uh, Rogue Legacy, were there any other games that you played a lot of on the Vita, um, indie-wise? Yeah, I mentioned it already, but Guacamole was mm. a really good, well, it still is a really good game. Really fun. Metroidvania plays really well, really suited to... To the handheld Spelunky as well. I spent so much time. Spelunky was one of those yes. games that I was terrible at and never managed to finish it, but was just still great fun just playing those first few levels as far as I got over and over again. Um, <laughs> it's really entertaining. Yeah. Super Stardust Delta is another one. There's a lot of really good kind of arcadey games on there 
mm-hmm. that worked really well. The dual sticks. Um, Fez was another early one. Just w- I had no idea what was going on in that game. It was so baffling, but really clever and cool and, yeah, like that one. Uh, a couple I've not mentioned yet. Murasaki Baby. That is a, Ooh, a really okay. smart game. Um, I played that just when my wife was pregnant with my son and it's all about a game about trying to guide a little girl to safety and it's very Tim Burton-esque very Mm. twisted surreal I don't even know what you'd call it it's not really a platformer it's just you kind of have to just drag your finger across the screen Um, it's almost like a mobile game we have to just there'd be enemies you have to touch to make sure they don't catch the little girl's balloon to make her cry and it's just it's a really it really affected me at the time just like oh god i'm about to become a father and there's this game is just all about just trying to parent this this little girl and stop her from crying basically so murasaki baby is, is a really really special game on there there's a lot of love went into making that game also volume i don't know if any of you played that yes yeah that's a great game that was really by the guy well. who did um was it thomas is alone is it the same guy who did yeah thomas was mike, alone? mike biffle yeah yeah that's right um, yeah. Another another good indie game for the Switch. It worked for the Switch. No, yeah, it's not volume the Switch, is it uh, for Vita? <laughs> yeah, no, I'd love. I'd love volume to come to Switch. That would be mm. great. I, I did. I keep. Uh, I do tweet Mike before and say, "Any chance of a Switch port?" And he just kind of replies with like a wink or something. He's like, "Don't tease me. Come on, come on, man." You bastard. <laughs> um. So kind of on the back of talking about indie games and and the fact that they kind of kept the the Vita going and, and still keep the Vita going to to a degree. Um, it's also a console that uh, was kind of at the forefront of what we now have, which is the um, almost the indie um, publishing bourgeois, scene. Bourgeois, the bourgeois. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the, um, the indie publishing scene, um, which is uh, places like um, Limited Run um, and all those kind of companies that have sprung up now. Uh, and the Vita had a quite a lot and still does a lot of games that are physically published um, by these kind of um, almost artisan um, game publishers. Uh, did you? Did either of you get any of these uh, physical special editions that came out for the Vita? I was still kind of blossoming into buying games again so buying a special edition was just not even on my radar mm. uh, neither was buying any merchandise was buying any accessories buying a bloody pc to stream on or talk to you absolute <laughs> idiots about games for god knows how long hello um hello <laughs> <laughs> Yoo-hoo! um but yeah when it came down to to picking up a special edition it wasn't even at that point in time gaming to me was just what experience can i have on a screen nothing else mm-hmm. Um, I know you've, you've picked up some since, haven't you? I think you, did you get the oh, Moonlighter? Yeah. The Moonlighter special edition is one that you've got. I know for I've sure. Got the Moonlighter. I've got. I bought Octopath, yes. even though yes. it's the worst game in the world. <laughs> um, Octopath. I've got. Uh, you name it on the PlayStation Four special editions. God of War, Red Dead. Yeah, I've gone to town on special editions since. But um, I think just at that point, it just didn't appeal to me. But yeah, buy Moonlighter. I did today, actually, Dan. Did you? Yeah. I'm very proud of you. I did. <laughs> haven't played it yet but it's downloaded it, and it's ready it'll to take go. time it'll take time to click but i think it's such a yeah it's such a sweet game the music and mm. it's phenomenal as well it's all on spotify the guy who created it and did the music as well so that's off nice. to him cool it looks like a game that could have been on the vita as well it's kind of got yeah, that yeah. aesthetic to it um laurie what about you did you have you picked up any special editions or have any taken your fancy over the last few years 
I'm afraid not. I don't want to make this segment a complete bust. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you no, are. He's, right. you know, he's doing this just so he can gloat. Andrew, come on, mate. What did you buy? <laughs> no, I got um, I got Killzone and uh, Virtual Tennis uh, physical copies that came with the Vita, and they're the only games I, I ever bought for it. The rest of it was only going to say. I thought you were going to say I got a Virtua Tennis Special Edition. No, no, no. <laughs> the physical the edition. <laughs> oh, that would be quite good. <laughs> Helpful. That would be brilliant. <laughs> sort of thing Nintendo would do. Yeah, okay. it would be. Um, they did, actually, didn't they? <laughs> so, yes. so um, yeah, they were the only physical games I got. It was a complete digital uh, console for me. And even though I've only got a really small memory card, I think it's 16 gigabytes, um, it's got like 17 games on there at the moment because these indie games Ooh. are like... Like they're, not, they're like a few hundred megabytes each. They're so small, mm. a lot of them. Um, so, yeah, I just never saw the need to buy anything, especially because PS Plus as well was just supply a constant stream of games that you could play. True. Um, That's true. Yeah, I was not yeah. not in the, not clued up on what special editions and stuff were coming out. But please, tell us, what have you bought? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I've never bought, personally, I've never bought one for the um, PS Vita. It's, uh, oh, hold on. So none of us have bought any special Whoa. editions for the Vita. <laughs> I think that they're really they're really specialist and and a lot of them are based in America so you're having to import them um to begin with mm. which is you know it can be difficult um but but companies like Limited Run Games um who I think everybody knows uh, now uh, they kind of their, their bread and butter uh, for a long time was uh, you know Vita physical games bringing mm-hmm. out these indie games that had only got <clears throat> digital releases onto a cart um for the first time um so it was yeah it was it, i think it basically started off that whole trend that now has continued with the switch and uh well, the super rare games now as well that do them and it's just a, a whole there's a whole industry that's po- cropped up around it and kind of the, the, we kind of have the the vita to thank for that in a way because mm-hmm. yeah it was it was them that started it off but yeah i, I don't have any of them myself <laughs> what does switch corpse mean switch corpse Oh, as in the hashtag Switch Corps. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's, just... a, it's a group of people who collect physical Switch games and they use that tag to to chat to each other, I think. Who the hell coined it Corpse, though, at the NCORPS? So mm-hmm. such a strange thing. You could have gone for Switch Collect or, you know, collect Collectors or, I don't know, you could have, you could have spun it some way, but Switch Corps sounds like they're some active movement that are going to start attacking people who download games aka ben which wouldn't be a terrible thing <laughs> well if any members of the switch corps community are listening right now please do get in touch with at uh, danny ward uh, and do give him your thoughts yeah <laughs> explain it to me guys come on. <laughs> come on explain it uh, in fact you know saying that john on our um in our whatsapp group he, he's kind of dormant in there a lot of the times but he is vicious when it comes to talking about physical media as opposed to digital he's mm. um a huge defender of the physical media, and I understand understand why. Because what was the game recently that dropped out of existence? Because um, uh, there was Minecraft, so uh, Minecraft uh, season one, uh, Minecraft story mode dropped out of existence, it. and yeah. DuckTales remastered. That was it. Yeah, it's quite yeah. a few games that have dropped out of existence mm-hmm. because there hasn't been a physical copy of them, and uh, anyone that's owned what was it a Wii, I guess now technically can't buy any more games on there. And if you were mm-hmm. to lose that Wii and then buy another Wii, you wouldn't be able to re-download them as well. I'm yeah, assuming. That's true. So yep, that's true. Yeah, I guess there is a there's pitfalls to it, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think with Ducktales, actually, you can get physical versions, but for other consoles, not for the Switch, I don't think, or not at least not in the UK. The one game that that 
that definitely happened for was um, Scott Pilgrim, the Scott Pilgrim game. That was, was the one, digital yeah. only. Was yeah. And that never came out physically, and that's completely gone. Um, I do have a copy of that on my Xbox, though, so I can never I can never erase my Xbox ever again. Um, I sold my um, PlayStation 4 with a copy of uh, PT on it, yes. and I was devastated. I completely forgot about it, and I, it's like it was in my download thing. I was like, oh, I'll be able to download that. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, you can't, so gutted. Yeah. I need Absolutely to find somebody to... who has that because I've never played it. I, I got a PS4 after it came out and after it got delisted. So I was uh, never got to play it. Which I, I have it about. on mine. I have it on mine still. I'll there be over go. yours tomorrow then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just inviting myself around. Um, Get the roast dinner on. I'll be round in the morning. <laughs> well, we're not animals. not going to have a roast dinner in the morning. But, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, so, um, talking about things that are wrong. Um, <laughs> because it's speaking of animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what went wrong for the Vita then? What What are your thoughts on on kind of where it all went a bit a bit pear shaped for the PlayStation Vita? I think I'll kind of I'll reel off. Sorry, Laurie, I'll reel off two, and I'll let you kind of reel off the rest of them. But touchpad on the back and the fact that the memory cards were Sony only um, mm. was stupid. They're my two, the real killers. I think of um, yeah, why the Vita died eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll agree with you on the memory cards. That is, everyone will always say that. If you mention the Vita, they'll always say memory cards. It's the first thing. Crazy uh, memory cards. But for me, what went wrong for the Vita was PlayStation Four going so right. I think Sony mm-hmm. just thought, you know what, they were, for, you know, it's for the gamers, isn't it? PlayStation Four. They start of this generation. They were like, right, we are going to double down. The PlayStation Four is going to be the console for gamers. We are going to focus all of our attention, all of our games, make that the best possible console it can be and you know it's worked you know, it's only focused mm. all their efforts on playstation 4 they've stopped making games for playstation vita and you know you have to say it's probably the right decision they took there because they have totally like destroyed this generation they're going to have another 100 million console um on their hands with the playstation 4 mm. so i think they just you know they, they started i think they probably should have given the Vita longer before abandoning it, but I think they just thought, yeah, we don't have the resources to support both of these. We want one to be as good as it can be. And it was kind of ruthless, but yeah. I think they probably made the right call, sadly. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, one, th- one thing they did do, which I think was, was good, was that they continued with the support for um, uh, remote play. Um, and the fact that even now, when games come out, you, you can still remote play them um, is great. Uh, and the fact that they advertise that still even. And I think quite a lot of people, actually, I know at least one of my friends bought their Vita specifically for the remote play feature. It was almost just like it was their ability to play the PS4 games on the go. Um, yeah. But selling a £200 you know, piece of kit just to be able to play games mm. away from your TV is, uh, is quite a big ask, really, I think. And if, if that's their only real selling point for it. When the... Uh, the redesign came out it was obviously cheaper why they didn't just mm. scrap the memory cards and put it i've had stick a 200 gig um sd card just inbuilt mm. in there it would have just would have got rid of all of that criticism of it yeah. that would have just gone away then and they could have just it would have just been able to stand up and be taken on its own merits even, even if they just explained the fact that when you download a game it is there you don't have to worry about it you've still bought it there's a quicker and easy way of downloading it, but just offload it. You know, like your app, your iPhone now will just offload the apps that you don't use. So effectively, they're not there, but they are there kind of. You've still got the icon. You have to just tap in or re-download. Mm. Like, th- if they'd done the same thing with Vita, it probably would have solved a hell of a lot of problems. But mm. 
yeah it was uh, it was frustrating and i remember again i got the you know 64 gigabyte card with it but i think i got an 8 gigabyte one as well i think it was like the inbuilt one um or the one that came packaged with the actual console and it was just crap i couldn't i literally could get maybe like a game on there and i was mm-hmm. like well once i've got uncharted golden abyss like well what's the point i might as well just buy it on the cart and then just own it that way rather than doing what i'm doing at the moment so yeah it was strange it was strange but again like laurie alluded to before the fact that these indie games were so um slim compared to like a triple a quality game mm-hmm. uh meant that, that that you know that um element just dominated the vita rather than triple a yeah no absolutely and um yeah i i think that another thing that's kind of went wrong was kind of what we've been talking here is that digital became so big and um you know the vita had its own cartridges i mean as as the switch does now um but people just want to go digital i think and there again is a problem with having expensive proprietary memory cards that you you know you can't if you for for instance me i bought a 32 gig one i spent quite a lot of money on it and um i think it was about 50 quid for 32 gigabytes and then i I just (laughs) couldn't i couldn't justify it it's crazy isn't it i couldn't justify buying another one so you know all these games i wanted to have on there I then, as you said, Dan, I'd have to start t- deleting things left, right, and yeah, centre yeah. to fit anything else on. Um, and it, although, although I knew you could re-download it, I've got this weird thing of liking to have. This is one thing I love about the Switch is that you can archive stuff, so you can see yeah. all the games you've got. You don't have to go into the store and look at them all again. You can just archive them and re-download them whenever you want to. And yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Dan. I think, yeah, the memory cards, um, the fact that I don't think they were taking digital probably as serious as they could with you know the fact that the memory card was so expensive yeah mm. if, they, if they'd have if they'd have done what you said Lauren had a built-in you know built-in memory and when they did is, the redesign they should have just made it a digital only device i mean i can't imagine they were selling mm. many cartridges so they should have just that's true see where the, the movement was happening because they must have seen that with you know the trends year after year on the playstation 4 and the adoption of just digital purchases yeah. Why well, they did the same it? for the psp as well they, they made the psp mm. go which was a digital only console so they obviously knew yeah, that yeah. that was a thing uh, and they just didn't take that into account for the Vita for some reason. Yeah, if they just done a redesign with just stick on an R2 and L2 buttons, get rid of the touchscreen, <laughs> get rid of the cameras, uh, mm. get rid of the physical media and just put a huge memory in it, it would have been the perfect device. And I don't think anyone could have would have anything bad to say about the actual design of it. Then it just would have come down to the software. But I think mm. because there were all these kind of failings and shortcomings, that's people didn't want to look past those i think mm-hmm. very true um i think that what you kind of described as well is if they did a redesign what you've described there is basically the switch yes <laughs> you know, yes but, well exactly yeah um and that leads us on to why why the vita was actually important for the switch and and the switch's development how, how do you think it's influenced um the switch uh dan what do you think I was just going to say, I think from what we were discussing before, most elements of the Vita that were wrong. So again, the touchpad on the back, the fact that you can only use the Sony memory card. Um, it wasn't the most comfortable to hold. Um, it didn't have a lot of joy about it, I think, is a really important thing for a console. Mm. Um, it was very Sony. <laughs> it was, yeah, very streamlined, sexy looking thing, but it didn't really, you know, it didn't warm the cockles in a way that the Switch does. I think Nintendo just took the that the um the concept of it right triple a on the go and ran with it and went okay we've got a lot of knowledge behind us with the 3ds what can mm. we now that but apply that to a home console and kind of 
in the same way that Sony did, I think, galvanize all of our efforts into one console. Mm. Yeah, Laurie, Laurie, what do you think? Um, what did uh, what did the Switch take from the Vita, or, or what did it not take? I suppose as well. I think Dan, you just really hit the nail on the head there, where it taught Nintendo to focus on one console, and seeing Sony try and split between PlayStation Four and Vita development, and well, really not do do well by the, the Vita. They thought, right, if we're going to do this, let's focus all of our studios. We've got a whole great yeah. group of studios that make games for 3DS. We've got a whole great group of studios that make games for, well, Wii U. Let's combine them, put all their attention on one console and just make the best device we possibly can. And it's obviously paid off massively for them. Uh, I think the Vita's also taught Nintendo to just kind of ditch the gimmicks for all which is ridiculous gimmicks that it has you know, labo <laughs> ring fit there's, there's loads of them the actual core console itself you know there's no cameras on it there's no um your rear touch pad it's it's just got all of the buttons that developers third-party developers want you know, it kind of matches the the control layout they've not tried to mix it up or try and be too confusing or to be awkward it's got gyro in it but the, the i mean the front screen of the switch we didn't even know it was a touch screen until it just before it came out, really, did we? It was mm-hmm. no one really knew yeah. if that was going to be, and it's not really a big deal because obviously when you're playing docks, you can't use it. So, I think it really fo- focuses. This is make a core kind of console experience that just does the basics really well, and then obviously they they put the innovation into the Joy Cons, and that's a completely different story. But I think the core the core store console that they made is for Nintendo. It's very ungimmicky, and I think they probably saw all of the gimmicks that PlayStation threw into or Sony threw into the Vita and were a complete waste of time and they thought you know what let's just give developers what they need i think it was just going that way again and um we've all kind of alluded to it at some point when we've been chatting but it was it's moving towards some sort of digital age where content's king and if nintendo could double down on the studios that they've got and the people making their games their core ip then they're they're literally going right okay we're going to make it for one console rather than three or you know two different ones so people were developing for the 3ds and somebody was developing for the 3ds new or whatever it was and then you've got yeah. people developing for the wii u and now it's just we've got the switch we know exactly what we need to do let's bring out banger after banger after banger and make sure we're all focused on one console moving forward um i don't doubt that you know there's x amount of internal parties that have got access to the switch 2 or whatever it might be called at this point to develop games for that but it's still unified. It's still akin and aligned to how Sony and Microsoft are. We've got one console. We want to make sure a shit ton of people buy it. Um, what are we going to do to do that? Right, let's make sure the content on there is amazing. And I think that's partly why we haven't seen the likes of Netflix and all these video services on there yet. It's just mm-hmm. we want to focus on the games. Everything else is distraction. Let's keep on at it. Yeah, very true. Uh, and talking of the games as well, are there any Vita games that either of you would want to see on the Switch that haven't come out for it yet? Um, Persona 4, um, only right. because uh, just give me the hope of Persona 5 coming as well. <laughs> it's not but ever yeah. going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen, and when it does, you will all eat your own hats. <laughs> Got to keep the dream alive. Got to keep the dream alive, the Dreamcast <laughs> alive. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, anything like that would be great. Metal Gear Solid Collection would be awesome. I kind of thought that would come at some point mm. anyway. Mm. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see... We've already got Guacamelee, have we? Yep, yep. Mm. Yeah thought i had some sort of fever dream about that but yeah we have got that um i don't know i don't think anything else really 
Um, I think it'd be far-fetched to say Uncharted, but mm. yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, the big AAA games are all Sony first party. You know, you're never going to see Gravity sure. Rush or Uncharted. We've no. got Assassin's Creed Liberation, though. That's that's come over. So that's kind of one of, yeah, one of the Vita's killer apps, if you like. Um, that has come across. Um, and, and like you said, Dan, a lot of the indies have already come across. So Rogue Legacy, Hotline Miami, Guacamelee, they're all already there. Uh, Spelunky, I'm surprised that hasn't come across yet because I think yeah. Spelunky 2 is on its way to Switch. So I'm sure it's just yeah. a matter of time before Spelunky appears as well. Um, so for mm. me, it's I think volume would do really well on Switch. I've already talked about it. Mm. And also, mm. just you know, again, I've already talked about it, but Murasaki Baby, it was just such a unique and game that you can tell so much love went into making it. And I think it released on Vita and probably died a death a little bit because no one really ever talks about it so it'd be great to just i don't know why the developers unless it's got some exclusivity deal with sony why they don't just put it out on, on switch because the, the touchscreen part of it would work really well and it mm. would yeah it deserves another shot really yeah 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 and i didn't know that there was a splunky 2 coming out so i'm really excited now because i loved splunky quite a lot every day's so a school day yeah, <laughs> I hate people to say that. Why do people say that? I know you, you're showing your age such now, mate. <laughs> such a dick. <laughs> got, got a kid, have we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> um, so um, Laurie put out a um, a tweet for us uh, through the Switch Island account um, the other day uh, to see if any of our um, followers had any thoughts or memories about the vita um so i'm going to read through a few of those and we can uh have a chat about them i guess uh slag them off perhaps um yeah. let's have a look yeah um so the first one we've got here is at steve jack uh steve leyland uh it says the switch is becoming the venue for ports of classic games that the vita should have been what do we think of that um yeah maybe a bit misaligned just because the vita did have a lot of great games on it and it mm. may not have had ports you know but it certainly did have a lot of uh killer indie games that are now ironically being ported over to the switch as we <laughs> just said so um yeah I, I get it i mean i don't know what ports other than every playstation game pretty much on the ps1 and ps2 you possibly could have wished for um, yeah. right at your fingertips yeah a lot of the classic games that are coming to switch now are old nes and snes games that you know, yeah, had no yeah. chance of so, coming to vita but you know vita had a great collection of playstation one games it's, it was just the lack of um pomp i think from sony of where nintendo were like you're gonna get devil may cry too and that sony was like <laughs> oh you've literally got every single game you could possibly ever want from every <laughs> all of the old consoles there ready for you but, to go but, and buy but, i mean you're right you're brilliant mm. at that nintendo are so good at packaging up and reselling you their classic content and now they're doing it through mm. switch online it's kind of a netflix style deal but yeah sony just i think when vita came out the whole playstation one library was there like on day one that's still there now and yeah like why didn't they make a big deal out of that like it's still now is the only place you can get well playstation classic i guess but um it's just a great way to play those old games and if they could just if they just really released a vita really slimmed down just to play it as a kind of a retro handheld device i think that would sell quite well mm. basically what every single advert on instagram for me at the moment is just like play 5,000 games in one handheld console that pretty much is a Vita and it just stores everything. All the PlayStation 1, 2, 3, 5, 10 games, <laughs> everything you want to get. You can make your own games on this. It's a mobile phone. It's literally just one package for everything and it's got the storage capacity that the Vita mm. didn't have. Mm. And 
and it's got the blooming Joy-Cons, or sorry, not Joy-Cons, the uh, controller sticks in the right place as well. Yeah, so not only like you can you have the library that you can buy, why don't they just release a, a new Vita with all of the PlayStation 1 library Ooh. on it, or not all of it, but you know all Ooh. of their games that are on the on the PS Store preloaded onto it. That's a hot prediction it. from Laurie. Who wouldn't buy that? It'd be great. I, if it had PS1, 2, and 3 games on there, I would pre-order right now. You just curate 20 or 30 of the best, and you'd have in your hands the handheld retro PlayStation library. Because yeah. the nostal- mm. they are starting to build up a nostalgia now. That they don't Obviously, they can't compete with Nintendo. They're miles off or even Sony, but uh, they do have a good back catalogue, fantastic back catalogue now. And if there was a device that had, say, 100 games on it from all of the one two three psp ps vita library mm. 20 of the best god they'd sell mad yeah yeah i'd buy one <laughs> for sure um there you go See so you. yeah Proof. right there we go sony if you're listening do it um <laughs> next up we've got um at that doctor fact uh lewis wilson one of our patrons um he's said i would say it inspired it oh hang on i think he's uh He's illiterate mis- uh, possibly um i think he meant to say i wouldn't say it's inspired it all that much to tell you the truth uh, nintendo own handheld gaming and always have done the switch is a descendant of trial and error from game boy through to wii u um and then he said actually change that from game and watch to wii u um right what do we think about that then <coughs> not much apparently uh, I, well i think from lewis's perspective he's got a very <sighs> a very rosy outlook on life normally um but okay. where he's saying that nintendo's kind of mo has to constantly learn and produce quality stuff like i don't necessarily think that's been right especially when it comes to handheld mm. they've had quite a few flops and really did they change that much over the course of the game boy years probably not the big jump from the game boy color to the advance i think was like the last kind of shift um, and then obviously, uh, obviously, then to the 3DS eventually. But mm, I don't know, Laurie. I, I, are you best placed on this? I don't know. I think they did learn from the Vita because the Vita is console gaming on the go. Was its whole whole idea behind it? I think although Nintendo have always been the handheld king, their handheld games were always seen as the kind of junior cousin of their core core console games you know your marios and zeldas were mm. always at home i mean apart from pokemon yeah the, the franchises you think of nintendo always lived on their home consoles and there would be handheld versions of them but they were never seen as kind of the the real triple a big marquee titles to get excited about and that's changed now with switch and the handheld well it's all the same thing really so you could argue argue it both ways i guess but mm. there we go mm. um We'll do, we'll do one more. Um, we've got at Llama Fluff Forty Two Thomas. That's great a great, name. that's a great name at Llama Fluff Forty Two. Um, <laughs> remote play was a great Lam- feature. What? Sorry, wait, Llama Fluff or Llama Fluffer? Because there's a considerable <laughs> difference there between the two. <laughs> there is. It's definitely fluff. Um, I can confirm. Um, <laughs> so, Thomas says um, remote play was a great feature that wasn't marketed enough by Sony, in my opinion. Switch, of course, developed that concept to its logical conclusion with a hybrid approach. Vita and Switch also share that glossy premium feel which set them apart from other handheld devices. So that's a very big opinion there from uh, from Thomas. 
and a right one. I think yeah. he's not far wrong. I think he's hit the nail on the head better than, than we have over the course of an hour and 12 minutes. And all he needed was 140-odd characters. That was quite yeah. literally it. Succinct. <laughs> um, so there we have it. Uh, we've kind of gone through the Vita in, I say, a nutshell, but um, probably a bit more than a nutshell. And um, <laughs> I think we know, hopefully we've imparted as much knowledge onto everybody as we possibly can uh, so if you didn't know about the vita before you do now um let's start a petition to get a uh, a vita classic on the go with as many games as possible laurie you can take charge yeah, yeah, yeah. and um i think yeah. if anyone's listening to this and they never owned the vita if you can pick one up cheap then you should mm. definitely i can't recommend them enough especially if you've been subscribing to ps plus all this time and yeah opting to download uh, to buy the games through there each time because mm. I can't imagine now somebody who'd been doing that dutifully every month but never owned the Vita because <laughs> I have friends that, that were in that position they just used to tick the box to to kind of purchase them for free through PS Plus but mm. they never downloaded them or just in case they one day did get one and I think wow if you got one now you'd have just an instant library on there of yeah dozens and dozens of games but even if you didn't do that just pick one up the games they're always on sale they're so cheap Some you can get so many games for so cheap and it's a really good good uh, console you can pick up a Vita on eBay for £50 with three games. Buy it there now. It's the best deal I can see at the moment. Well, there you go. Um, and don't buy the PSTV is, uh, is what I'd say because <laughs> most of the games you cannot play on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very niche. Um, so there you go. Uh, buy a Vita um, <laughs> if you've got the money, if you haven't already spent it on Switch games. So... Um, I guess we'll wrap up. Uh, one thing I guess I wanted to mention before we wrapped up was um, also if you did want to know more about the uh, about the Vita, I keep confusing the two. It's uh, <laughs> an issue. <laughs> um, so if you do want to read more about the PlayStation Vita, um, my uh, good friend Sandy Bry has written books about it. Um, it's PlayStation Vita Year One, and he's also written PlayStation Vita, the PlayStation Vita Years Two and Three um, as one book. So if you wanted to kind of get more of an in-depth analysis on it give those a read uh, he's got a website as well and um, he, on twitter he's at too old for gaming just a bit of a plug there for him um dan where can we find you on twitter oh good point uh at danny ward 2707 really and laurie what about you at the eggman 64 <laughs> it makes me laugh every time <laughs> um you can find me at at oddman 84 <laughs> it's true it is um, so you can find me in ad oh, I'm, I don't know why I had gin before Sorry, doing this <laughs> um, <laughs> it's all going wrong um, you can find me at oddmint84 and of course you can find everything Switch Island at the Switch Island uh, you can also find us online at theswitchisland.com and you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram if you so happen to uh, to venture into those places. Dan, what are, uh, where are we on <laughs> Facebook and Instagram? <laughs> wow, great question. Uh, it's at the Switch Island on Instagram <laughs> and on Facebook. I've got no fucking clue. Which Just, is half of the Just Google it. Just, Come on, you'll find you it. It's, it's Facebook, Google it. That's what yeah. you do. It's fine. Like a human exactly. being. We're on our, there. Our listeners are smart people. They can find us. That's Absolutely. fine. Throw, throw a sheep at us. You can still do that, can't you? <laughs> I think I think I think we're very good on Patreon. You find us on there. That's <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yes. Good, ooh, good point. Very good. Patreon.com forward slash the Switch Island as well. Yeah. yeah and if, if, if you're you still can... listening to this podcast now, then you you must love the Switch Island. So, exactly. So do yeah, yeah. Don't 
don't buy a Vita. Fucking <laughs> just go and pay. Just give us two dollars, please, or whatever it is per month. Just to put us out of our If you can afford to buy a Vita now, you can afford to uh, give us two dollars a month. Two dollars a month. Affluent yeah. austerity. Terrible. <laughs> and can they get onto Discord for the two dollars a month? Yeah, they, well, they can, but I no idea what that is. That's like that's some mad thing. You go on our Twitter page, then it's at the top on the website part. Lovely. Um, so yeah, uh, do uh, do join us um, on Patreon. Uh, get access to our lovely Discord channel where you can actually chat to all of us there, or some of us. Uh, people like Rich don't really grace his presence uh, on Discord very often, um, but you will find um, Laurie, myself, Dan, and quite a number of other people from the Switch Island over at Discord, and you can chat away to us to your heart's content and i'll give you lots of uh, tips as to where to find uh, switch codes for really cheap which i've been doing lately um so there you go it's our it's my first time um venturing into the library and giving you a bit of a look at uh, what we've got in store uh next time i won't spoil next time but we'll uh, we'll, we'll do something very similar we'll open another book another guide it's because um, doesn't know what one we're doing next people <laughs> um, <laughs> This is what happens. <laughs> this is what happens when you employ a custodian that enjoys to get pissed before doing a podcast. And during I'm a deep what we're doing next time. I say his mic going to be on next time, and we're just. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's finish it there. I'm going to lock up the library until next time. Um, so until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>